Welcome to Rhonda NP's Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda Jollip, nurse practitioner, hormone expert, and menopause mentor. Balance your menopause experience with natural solutions and regain control to live the life you love. Let's get started. Well, hi there. This is Chris Doctor, and I'm your co-host for the Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda NP. Rhonda will join me in just a minute. And hey, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for being here. We're glad you're here. And if you've listened a few times, we hope you're really enjoying the podcast. We're pretty pleased about how this little podcast is growing. We actually have more than 6,000 downloads since we first began in late October. It's been really fun to see where we've been able to share our information. In addition to the United States, we're getting downloaded in Canada, Ireland, Australia, Norway, and Mexico. It's really gratifying for Rhonda and I to be able to share this knowledge with women, and we will continue to do so as this is exactly why we started our business, Rhonda NP, as well as this podcast. So in saying this, it would be great if you would be able to share your feedback about the podcast in the review section of whatever hosting site you access us. Maybe it's iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn. Wherever it is, thanks for just taking a few minutes to share your honest feedback and provide a review. We try our best to produce this podcast weekly and any of the resources we mentioned today, I'll stick links in the show notes and you can find those at our website, NP like nursepractitioner.com. One other thing I'd love to share with you is that we're just finishing up our first online learning course as part of Menopause University, and the course is called Menopause 101. As part of the launch of this program in April, Rhonda and I will be hosting a free training webinar called The Three Secrets of Menopause. I'll share more information on our website as well as in future podcasts. Today's episode is number 013, and it's all about popular diets and menopause. I don't know about you, but with perimenopause and menopause, even though you may not have changed anything about your eating habits, you've started to notice an annoying pooch around the middle. What is up with that? So naturally, you may be thinking about trying one of these many popular diet trends that are out there today, but you know what? Which one is reliable? Which one will work? And most importantly, which one is healthy for you during perimenopause and menopause? Well, don't worry, we've got you covered in the podcast today. So let's get going. Today, we're here talking about diets. Why are we also obsessed with diets, Rhonda? Why do you think that is? <laughs> Isn't it? It probably is the biggest obsession in America. We just have such a value on how we look and weight is part of that. Um, I like to tell people that we should not always equate our weight to health because some people may have a nice healthy weight but not be healthy. So the weight on the scale does not always equate to our health. So I really look at our health as being the most important thing when we're talking about diets and diet control. Well, and you know, we should have figured this out in our late 40s or early 50s, but you know what? We haven't. <laughs> we just haven't. You know, when we were researching for this, I looked into some facts and figures just about weight loss in the United States. And it's unbelievable how much we spend, you know, to lose weight where we think that may be healthy, just like you said, but it's $60 billion in the United States. It's amazing. It is amazing. And, and the other thing that was kind of shocking was the typical dieter makes four attempts per year to try to lose weight, but 
that means that three times they fail, which is terrible. And then 80% of dieters undertake the mission all by themselves, while 20% join a paid weight loss group or they see a healthcare professional. And the other fact was that diet pills and meal replacement solutions are a $3 billion market. Well, everyone's getting into it because of that number, $3 billion. I find it so interesting, and you're right. It's like we should have figured it out, but we don't. And I have patients in their 70s and 80s that are still trying to lose weight and trying and I'm just like really does this have to go on for a lifetime and it's true everybody is still looking at how can I lose weight so today we're going to talk about perimenopause and menopause and what's the best you know I'm doing air quotes diet for you before we did that we are going to take a peek at the five most common diets and what I'm going to do is ask Rhonda in her professional opinion as a nurse practitioner and a certified transformational nutrition coach in her perspective sound good that sounds great okay let's go so the first one let's talk about the paleo diet is this that caveman one (laughs) yeah theoretically that is what it is is to design to eat like a caveman there's definitely pros and cons and there's pros and cons to everything most diet plans out there have a lot of um, pros but they also have some cons and i think people just need to understand what those are when making their decisions so what would be the pros of the paleo then So the paleo diet actually emphasizes on healthy whole foods, such as lean proteins, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, and healthy fats. So that's a good thing. Um, That's what I recommend as well. Um, This can be extremely effective for improving severe chronic diseases. And so what people will see when they go on the paleo diet is they actually get rid of the crap in their diet and they feel better. And it is helping them to prevent chronic diseases. So in that respect, it's very good. It's also been kind of a You know, a lot of these, I'm going to call them fads because over the years, I could name thousands of diets over the years at different times, at different decades where this is a fad and the paleo, I'm going to call that a fad because, but with that, it's really taught the public a way of eating non-processed foods and whole foods, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. Absolutely. So all this good stuff, what's the bad stuff or the cons about the paleo? So... The paleo does eliminate some things out of the diet, and there's actually no strong evidence for excluding dairy, legumes, and grains. And doing so eliminates some really, really important nutrients that may not be healthy for some people. Now realize that everybody's different, and some people might do extremely well on this diet and others not. So some people should eliminate gluten and dairy, and um, they'd feel much better if they do. And I'm actually a really big fan of a no-dairy, no-gluten diet uh, because it is a healthier way to eat. However, legumes and whole grains have a lot of really good nutrients and really should just be limited but not taken out completely. Okay, okay. Anything specific in the uh, paleo that isn't optimal for menopausal women? You know, with the with the legumes, uh, when they take out whole grains, legumes, there's some really important nutrients such as some B vitamins and it's a really good source of fiber. Legumes and whole grains are a great source of fiber that a lot of women, you need to make sure you're getting your fiber in other places. Whenever you eliminate certain whole foods that are really good for you, you're actually eliminating some nutrients. B 
Because realize that our diet really is those macronutrients of protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And anything that was made on a plant and comes from a plant really should be quite healthy for you. Now, that's beyond the whole GMO thing, too, that we can talk about later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what's this fat flush diet? I haven't heard about this one. You know, this one has been around for a while. And so when I pulled up, I just thought, you know, which ones are the most popular right now? Fat flush diet does still come up. And this is actually, it's kind of a liver cleansing. So in theory, it helps you melt fat and cellulite away from the waist, hips and thighs by increasing your energy, metabolism and moods, because it's literally cleansing out your liver. And so that, when once you cleanse out your liver, your body can eliminate fat so much better. So then the cons on this are what? So the cons are that it's really a regimented diet and the schedule, and it's very strict. And so it starts and goes in two phases. It takes an enormous amount of discipline, and it is kind of difficult to maintain, so the average person may not want this. The calorie allowances also are a little bit low, especially if you're adding in the extra exercise requirements that they really promote as well. Well, anything too strict is just something I don't want to do. I'm sure. I mean, that's that's hard. <laughs> yeah. and, and really, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about Miss Oprah's diet, the Weight Watcher diet. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, good for Oprah. So the Weight Watchers diet has been around for years. It's probably, I don't know, maybe one of the longest. And it still rings true to be a very effective plan. It's based heavily on scientific research, which is good in the data and is free of gimmicks. Instead of promising a quick fix drop in weight, it focuses on steady, long-term weight loss that's practical and healthy. So that's very good. So some of the pros are that there's no foods that are strictly off limits and the point system is straightforward and easy to understand. Weight Watchers also offers plenty of support and education through the process and has earned high marks from nutritionists and the medical community as a safe and healthy way to lose weight. Studies do show that if you are in a support system while trying to lose weight, that it is more effective. And so if you do follow the Weight Watchers and you're and you're in that guided support groups, you do tend to lose more weight just because of that as well. So what's the negative? That all sounds so good. It's good, yeah. And you know what? Truly, with my patients, when they tell me they're on Weight Watchers, I'm, I'm pleased. Mm-hmm. You know, I am pleased. So the cons here would be the improper use of the bonus points. They could get in, way, in the way of your weight loss. So because there's not restricted foods, they can actually choose from foods that I probably wouldn't want them to choose from, especially when I'm trying to help them with their hormonal balance. So some users may not be interested in keeping track of those daily points. So that can be a downfall as well. What I usually tend to tell my patients that are on the Weight Watchers is to make sure that in their point system, they're choosing from the whole foods, the healthy fats, the good fruits and vegetables. So what would be some of the bonus points that are in the no-go zone in your in your mind that aren't good for hormone health anything that really contains sugar oh um yeah sugar and so you can actually eat a snickers bar and it can fall into that point system Mm -hmm. you can eat anything and it falls into that point system but if you're eating high sugar content all by itself that affects your insulin levels and that affects your hormonal balance that makes a lot of sense 
But you know what? I really love Snickers bars. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Okay, in moderation. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a pretty controversial one in in terms of I would say the vegetarian diet. And and I I have a few friends that are vegan, and and then they cheat, you know. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but (laughs) let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of the vegetarian diet. So sure, a vegetarian diet is one of which people eliminate all meat poultry, and seafood from their diets. However, vegetarians generally do eat animal proteins such as eggs, dairy, honey, and gelatin, among other things. The vegan diet, they cut out all of that. Mm -hmm. But in a vegetarian, there are some pros to this, and it's really been linked to numerous health benefits, including longer life, reduced risk of chronic disease, and reduced risk of many diseases, such as heart disease, cancer, diabetes, obesity, stroke, and more. So there is some good data on that. As far as the cons, it can lead to vitamin deficiencies depending on the diet. Some uh, vitamins like B12 are only found in meats, dairy, and eggs. Just being a vegetarian does not make you healthy. You still have to make healthy food choices. And some people, because of our society, they say, I'm going I'm going to be a vegetarian. And all they do is cut out things. They don't add in things. And as far as proteins... You really need a complete protein, so you need to know what that is. If you're not eating meat, you can you can eat meat and get your complete protein just from eating the meat. But if you're eating plants, you have to mix the appropriate plants and legumes together to get that full complete protein. And so we do see, and I do see it in clinic, that people are on vegetarian diets, that they do have some health concerns because of the nutritional deficiencies. That makes sense. So if you are perimenopausal, menopausal, and you are on a vegetarian diet. So what would be the biggest caution you would suggest? Actually making sure that you're still getting those complete proteins because you need all the macronutrients, the protein, fat, and carbs. Also eating where you're not just eating carbohydrates or plants all by themselves, you're getting some fat and protein with it. So it tends to be a little bit lower protein diet if you're not paying attention. So that you need that balance of protein and fat to help with your insulin levels as well. Okay, so this is one, I just saw this, but I must be under a rock, but I guess this is a big <laughs> deal, this whole 30 diet. Talk, talk a little bit about that one. This is one of the newer ones. It's an upcoming newer one that's out there, and it's actually becoming quite popular. This focuses on eating whole, natural, unprocessed foods, including meats, seafood, eggs, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds. It does eliminate all dairy, grain, sugar, legumes, alcohol, and processed foods from your diet, for 30 days to help you kind of reset your body, gives you increased energy, decrease inflammation, and improve overall health. And I, I would see that with that. And whenever anybody starts a 30-day and they eat this clean, and I like to call it clean eating, when they eat that clean, they do feel better because they, again, got rid of the crap out of the diet that's making them feel crummy. So the pros here are that there's no calorie counting or portion control. And the focus is on what you eat and how it affects your body, which I really believe in. A clean diet without added preservatives, additives, and artificial ingredients is definitely a pro on any diet and should be added on any diet. However, this does have some cons. It is a bit difficult to follow for some due to the increased restrictions and intense food prep for most people. Uh, The diet is low in calcium, it's low in vitamin D and uh, some other nutrients usually found in dairy and whole grains. So if you're not careful about what you consume, that 
could be an issue as well. What would be your biggest caution for a perimenopausal or menopausal woman with the Whole30? You know, with the Whole30, there's not a, a huge caution other than make sure you're getting that balance again of the protein, carb, and fat and managing your insulin levels. So picking the right foods from the choice and then eating at the right times of day and in the right proportion. It seems confusing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. I know I can rattle it off and it seems, you know, okay, okay, okay. But there is a lot to it. We just looked at all of those varieties there. So really, truly, what, in your opinion, as a professional, is the best diet or nutrition plan for perimenopause and menopause? Well, when you look at the whole picture, and again, this is years and years of nutrition studying and, and all of that that so many people are doing, but really, you, you really have to consider, I like to say the macronutrients first, and that's protein, carbohydrates, and fat, and you need a balance of all three of those. Whenever you take a diet and you're taking a macronutrient out, like protein, and you're saying this is a low-protein diet or a high-protein diet or a low-carb and high carb diet or whatever, low fat, I am not a fan of low or high of anything. I am a fan of balance. Now, the regular American diet tends to have a really high carbohydrate diet. So if you follow a carbohydrate diet, you you might call our balanced carbohydrate diet, it might seem low carb because most is so high. But a low carb is when you're getting really low where you're barely eating any carbs. So the macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat in a nice balance, and you eat those, I'm a fan of eating those together and in, in a balance of every three to four hours throughout the day. And the reason for this is, is those three together, protein, carb, and fat can really help regulate your insulin. And remember, insulin is our major hormone and that actually helps regulate your hormonal system so if you're not eating correctly it will affect your estrogen progesterone testosterone and how that is managed so basically the eating plan should really be around managing insulin levels give me an example of what a good balanced what would lunch look like okay in that scenario well a lunch would look like a salad let's just say a spinach and some greens and then maybe some cut up chicken for the protein and the thing about vegetables you can eat tons of vegetables and for menopausal women i usually recommend about a pound of vegetables a day if you really want to get good metabolism of your estrogen levels you should have vegetables all day long in my book so a really large salad with greens and you can put on onions and green peppers and whatever you love as far as vegetables and then protein would be your chicken if you so choose or tofu if that's what you choose and that would be your protein and then your fat could be some slice of avocado it could be some oil and vinegar dressing a nice olive oil with um, and just sprinkle that over with some seasoning and so that's what lunch would look like that's great that's great so what if you can't even imagine eating a pound of vegetables a day (laughs) what would you suggest it's such a good question and truly if you're not making smoothies where you're piling it in it is a lot of vegetables and you do have to really focus on getting that in there is you know a lot of green supplements out there and we actually have one the Dyna greens and it's a scoop of that it really is like concentrated powder that you have one scoop in water and mix it up and you get all your greens fruits and vegetables Excellent. so that's a great way to get it thank you for that question because 
Some people just aren't going to eat all those vegetables. Oh, I know. And some people just, yeah. Yeah. So what I'll do is I will put a link in the show notes to our store with that product. So you, if you're interested in that, you can check that out. The other thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, we are getting ready and we will be talking about it in our podcast here the next couple of weeks, but we're just putting the finishing touches on our first ever program, Menopause 101. And inside of that, we have an extensive nutrition program. Can you talk a little bit about what is inside of the course? Yeah, I can. I I love this piece because it really kind of lays out a platform of how you should eat forever. I don't really like the word diet because diet seems like it has a beginning and an end. And really, it should be how we eat. And every plan should be how we eat. And so it gives a list of the fruits, vegetables, uh, meats, cheeses, all of that that you should choose from. And then proportion sizes and what a normal proportion size is and the time of day and just some ideas on exactly how you should be eating to balance your insulin levels, which is so important for hormonal balance. And this plan comes, we're able to use it at Institute of Functional Medicine, which is an an amazing organization. Yes, exactly. I've been a part of that for many years now. And so why break something that's working? And they've been using it for years. So it's, it's really good. And when people follow this plan, they do very well. They do very well. And I have to say, I've been a nurse now for a long, long time. And being an intensive care and ER nurse in my early days before I was a nurse practitioner. And I can say after all these years, 30 plus years now, one of the number one thing that I see change in people's health is when they change their diet. So we'll have more information on our program. Keep an eye out for that. How would you like to wrap up today related to all these diets? You know, I use this word a lot, but it's really balance. It's really a balance. And so like these plans that give people structure, but really it's a balance. And you want to pick something that you can do for a lifetime. And that's really the goal is to balance those macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat, eating them in a balance throughout the day. So it's time of day. It's what you eat. And really, that is how we should all eat for our overall nutrition. So with that, we'll, we'll close and we'll put any of the resources we mentioned on our site. But thanks so much for joining. Thank you. Thanks for joining the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP. You'll find the show notes and other valuable information at our website, rhondanp.com. Don't worry about this menopause thing. You've got this.